Okay, I'm here with Sonny Swinhart. Sonny, uh, you're better known as the Japanarchist, right? So, uh, uh, <laughs> or formerly known as the Japanarchist? Right? <laughs> formerly, yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll always be a Japanarchist. Uh, okay. I don't know if I'll always be known as Japanarchist. Uh, okay, okay. So, um, uh, briefly introduce yourself and, and, and tell everyone who you are and, and what you do. All right, well, thanks a lot. Um, my name's uh, Sonny Smart, formerly or currently, or by some known as Japanarchist. Um, and I've been in Japan now for about 20 years. Uh, I just had my 20-year uh, Japan anniversary a couple of months ago. Well, congrats. Um, thank you very much. Um, I guess originally from the United States, uh, grew up in California, uh, spent a, quite a bit of time in high school, college in uh, Illinois, Chicago area. And then, um, and then straight out to Japan. I've been living in uh, this uh, Aichiken or uh, the Nagoya area for about 20 years now. Right on, right on. And uh, what what originally motivated you to make the jump to come to Japan? Had you visited before, or did you just go in, jump off the deep end, and, and go? Or uh, what's what's the story there? Well, it was it was deep end. Like I I don't think I had ever been abroad before at that time and maybe you know maybe a drive down to mexico or something but right um i don't know if that counts but uh i my original plan was to just be a sort of vagabond uh world traveler and just you know go from country to country with a backpack sort of thing yeah um <clears throat> i had studied uh japanese in college uh which was kind of by happenstance um I, I was studying, I was sort of, my major forced me to choose a foreign language. And um, I had studied French in high school and wasn't really interested in trying that again. Uh, and I wanted sort of a bigger challenge. So, so I thought, let's try Japanese. And so then when, um, when you know, college came to an end, I, I thought, well, I'll just start my, my world tour in Japan. Right. Um, so then I, I found like, you know, a small job out here and thought, you know, okay, I'll put a year in and then I'll, I'll move on to my next country. Mm -hmm. And well, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you, now you, you seem to have made your roots in Japan. Um, what other countries have you been to, um, since, since coming here? Um, I, I rarely leave Nagoya. To be okay. yeah. Well, I, actually, um, let's see. I, you know, yeah, yeah actually, that's true. Um, I, I've spent like I don't know a, a weekend in Seoul. Uh, I had a business trip last year in Shanghai. Um, I'll, I'll be doing a few more business trips, but uh, around Asia and, and maybe Europe next year. But um, other than that, uh, I, I, I haven't traveled much. I think, um, like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, there's there's something different about traveling in Asia, mm. um, especially from Japan, where um, I don't know if the rest of Asia is really like Japan in any way. Yeah, uh, I mean, like you, I've been to I've been to Seoul for uh, mm -hmm. for for about a week, and then I've been to Thailand, and um, you know, I've been to Southeast Asia, and. It's it's very different than Japan. Um, mm -hmm. It's very the people 
are still friendly. I mean, that that's the similarities I got. But other than that, just uh, the general attitudes for everything are are completely different. At least in Thailand, where I was. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I did the uh, I did backpacking for about a week down there, and uh, up in the mountains in the north part of Thailand. So, um, nice. yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a great country. I haven't <laughs> haven't been to the south part yet. That's a bit more wild in in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I've I've heard stories just from people uh, I know how how it is. Um, well, that's the sort of thing about Japan is is and and I've been mostly all around Japan uh, right. for travel and whatnot, and it's not terribly different. I mean, there are some some nuances if you you know down in Fukuoka versus Tokyo, and and just general lifestyles are a little different. But um, I think when I when I travel around Japan, it, it's a little bit, uh, I guess, comforting, but also disappointing. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the same shops down here, and yeah. people still are still the family bars, still the Lawson, you know, right, the right. same same sort of stuff, right? Yeah, um, I've been all over Honshu, the mm-hmm. the main island, but I, I have not traveled to like you know um, Kyushu or Shikoku or Okinawa, Hokkaido. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't actually been to any of those places, and um, it's definitely on my list to go. Uh, but I, yeah, I've been anywhere from Aomori down to Iwakuni, you know, so it's mm-hmm. uh, the, the tips of, of the whole place. So I, I've only briefly just traveled through Aichi and Nagoya, but I've, mm. I've never stopped by there. So um, what, how did you get a job there and what, what exactly do you, do you do? And have you changed careers throughout your time in Japan? Well, I, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, when, you know, when I first came to Japan, I just wanted to sort of get out of the States and sort of try new things and, and experience the world, as it were. Um, so um, initially, uh, I, I found a uh, English teaching job in, in Aichi, in a small town, sort of in the outskirts of Nagoya. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, they just they hired me over the phone and, and brought me out. Um, and Sounds legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think I got I got very lucky because it, it turned out to be legit. Okay. And it was it was a wonderful experience, and you know I, I found out you know years later that, um, you, uh, you know people often aren't that lucky. <laughs> yeah, especially with the the small town uh, sort of gigs like that. It's a mm-hmm. it's a crapshoot really, you know. So it, it's good. How long did you do that for? I did that for about a year and a half. Okay. Uh, and. Like, I, it was a great experience, and and even if it wasn't, um, I think just my mindset and and my youth <laughs> was like, yeah, you know, whatever. If it, if it's terrible, then I'll leave and move on to the next thing. So, right. um, for me, it was a pretty low risk uh, proposition. Okay, okay. And what 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 did you move on to from there? So then, um, I guess for the first, I don't know. Four or five years, I, I, I went. I worked uh, sort of AKIO work, mm-hmm. and then um, and then I did uh, about two or three years of my own. Uh, I opened up sort of my own AKIO and and okay. did that. Um, that was uh, that was really interesting because I, I, I really got to experience the you know entre- entrepreneur side and and running my own business and and filing taxes and oh, fun. you know yeah. and you know marketing <laughs> favorite thing right <laughs> yeah yeah so. exactly and so that that was um that was fun 
uh, did that for a while. And then I, um, then I ended up working at a high school for a while uh, as sort of their, uh, I don't want to overstate it, but it's sort of leading their, um, their after school program. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, I don't know if leading it is the right word, but um, being a, a participant in that. Right. Um, and then, um, then I did about six years uh, doing uh, business skills and um, um, teaching and management and lesson facilitation. So, um, so you had moved on from uh, teaching English, conversational English, Aikawa, to more of the business sector. Now, was this aimed at still at the Japanese audience, or was it for for um, foreigners coming into Japan, or um, what was the transition there? I think it was it was probably like 80, 90 percent uh, Japanese uh, business people who um, were either um, uh, preparing to go abroad for mm-hmm. for uh, with their work with their companies, or um, those who would be. I guess hosting or or working with uh, foreign foreign people coming into Japan. Gotcha, gotcha. And then a, a percentage of that was sort of training new employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like every every April or, or so, they have the um, the Shinyu Shine, the the new employee sort of flux, where they you know all the companies, the big companies especially, you know, they'll hire five hundred people at a time. Right out of college, and none of those people uh, know how to do anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. in the business world. Um, um, it, and it seems you know Japanese colleges unfortunately aren't really preparing uh, their students for the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really don't know how to. They don't know any business manner or really how to communicate with people and. Um, you know how to conduct a meeting or give a presentation or do simple negotiation or even um, you know respond to a client or boss in the appropriate way. Um, so it, it, we did a lot of training in uh, in developing uh, those skills in people and then mm-hmm. also uh, preparing the materials and, and content for those types of lessons. Right. Right. Okay. And is, is that what you're currently doing as as well? No, then, then about um, I guess two two and a half years ago, um, I, I became the operations manager for uh, Japan Mobility, okay. uh, a, a relocation company. Um, uh, we're based in Nagoya, but we cover um, uh, all of Japan. And so now um, it's uh, you know we help people uh, move to Japan, basically. You know, help them. Find a home and and prepare all the documentation they need for award registration. Help them get settled in and mm-hmm. and uh, you know convert their driver's license and all the things you would need to to make a smooth, seamless move into Japan. It's um, <clears throat> uh, Japanese run or is it um, foreign run sort of business? Um, our our president is is American. Okay. Um, but I'd say probably, I'm not sure the percentage breakdown, but uh, 70% of our staff is Japanese. Okay. Okay. Um, so we, we um, and just about everybody is uh, fully bilingual. Um, right. And really coming from, it's interesting coming from education, the, the level 
the level of uh, English skill I'm finding in the people I'm working with now is is incredible uh, yeah. compared to to where I was um, with actual like English teachers. Right, right. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it is quite uh, interesting how how that is in in Japan, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's 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 interesting. Like the a lot of people would find a lot of help in a company like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you and I both came here without that sort of help. We just mm-hmm. figured it out. But um, it's it's kind of cool that these uh, these companies like the the one you work for now are, mm-hmm. are coming up that actually you know help people transition, get over here and transition into the country. So. Um, that's uh, that's that's really good service. How long has the company been around? Uh, the the company itself has been around for I think since 1995. So they, wow, they've been okay. doing this quite a while. And uh, we originally started out helping helping English teachers sort of move in, uh, and then in around 2005 was the Aichi Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a big uh, that was a big deal down here. Uh, I, I find fewer and fewer people remember it these yeah, days. Right. <laughs> but yeah. um, but uh, that brought in a lot of businesses, and that's when the company sort of switched over into uh, working directly, sort of a B two B company, okay. uh, working directly with businesses and and helping uh, uh, them bring their people over and and facilitate that that move uh, more smoothly. Um, and then um, so so I think that was a major the biggest shift. For the company, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> interesting. So, um, now, how did you transition exactly from, you know, you you've laid out the steps from English teacher and then, uh, you know, helping uh, teach, you know, biz, uh, you know, business to, uh, mm-hmm. to foreign or Japanese stuff, and then moving on to this. Like, was this just a natural progression, or did you sort of? seek out these sorts of uh, changes? Um, for me, like I, I've always been trying to sort of move up. Yeah. And and I, I don't know, I, I haven't really defined what that means yet. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I probably should start at some point. Um, but um, for me, um, my, my previous job, you know, w- with doing business, um, you know, ha- half of the job was managing our our other trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I got a lot of experience and um, and and knowledge from from doing that. You know, the the whole hiring process and managing people and, and getting your team to uh, work together and and all those sort of things. Mm. Um, and then also from from. I was sort of forced to learn business. Well, not forced to, but you know, part of the job was to teach business. So as part of that, it, it enabled me to learn business more. Right. So I I was always trying to study business concepts and negotiation styles and, uh, different, um, like how to facilitate meetings and, and just all those sorts of things that are connected with, with business so that I could effectively train people to do that. Yeah. So, so in doing the research to train people to do it, I was able to sort of pick it up on my own and and apply those to my previous job. And then, well, when this opportunity came about, it, it was basically a, a management job. So, so I could transition into that. Um, I think the challenge for me has been that 
um, I felt like a I feel I have a, a strong expertise in education. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I know uh, it, particularly adult education and how to how to train people and, and facilitate a lesson and and develop all that and and also uh, train trainers and, and, train and train. give them <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. get get other people on and how to, to develop those skills. Um, and then coming into relocation, this this new industry uh, is a big jump. Where I think in the past I, I've had to adjust my management style. Okay. Um, because uh, in the past I was sort of I was leading from a place of expertise. Okay. You know, I could say don't do it like that, do it like this. I know because I've been there. I've I've been doing this for for a number of years. So try this or or whatever. Um, but but then I come into this industry where, like I I have, I'm, I I have to rely on the people that I'm managing to to be the experts. Yeah yeah okay, that's a it's interesting dynamic shift there you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so um but generally you you enjoy what you do now, um and then moving up in that. Well, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, um, there, are, there are challenges, and I, I think particularly with our industry and our company, we um, the the scope of what our services is so broad, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's been a challenge for me is is um, uh, how to aim my focus and how to aim my team's focus to to make sure we're working, um, we're prioritizing correctly and. And not um, not spinning our wheels, and and also dealing with the the various personalities and dynamics of of a very diverse team. Right, right. That's cool. So um, you had also mentioned that you took the entrepreneurial route for a bit and mm-hmm. had your own your own school. Um, what had you always sort of wanted to try something like that and? How long did that last, and what actually what ended up making you, I wouldn't say give up, but sort of uh, shift from from doing that, and in, in, in pursuing that route. I th- I think, I, maybe I thought um, that sort of everybody wants to do that, right? You you go to the whatever company you're in, you're like, especially when you're younger, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, these guys are doing it wrong. I know better. I, yeah. I should be doing this. Yeah. Um, so I always had that sort of attitude, and um, then I had an opportunity to to sort of jump in and, and do that mm-hmm. myself, um, and it I really enjoyed it uh, because you know of course you're you get all the freedom of being the boss along with all the responsibility and stress, yeah, um, and uh, the, the pay was nice. Yeah, because <laughs> um, uh, I, I think I did pretty well at it. I, I think the challenge that I had was um, was was going to the next level. I wanted okay. to go. I, I wanted to get out, um, and it wasn't the type of teaching that I really wanted to do long term. Okay. Um, and I I had trouble sort of transitioning out of it. Okay. You know. My plan was to okay, I'll, I'll train other teachers. I'll start stepping back, and I'll just sort of watch people do the work, and I'll I'll, I'll manage it, and um, 
and and I think the struggle with that was that I, I, I had trouble making that transition. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of my students were studying because they they sort of they wanted to study with me. Yeah. I, and and I I was trying to build a system of, of teaching and I, I think I probably inserted myself into the system too much. Okay. Um, which is, I think, I, I don't know, thinking back, it's probably why people liked it. I, I think I was able to, to connect with people uh, with that business, but um, but then handing it off to somebody didn't, it, it didn't, wasn't able to, to have that same uh, connection with people. And, and, right. and so I saw that as uh, I think at the time I, I didn't have the sort of business knowledge or the um, the whatever it takes to yeah. to really say okay it has to I never had the feeling that this has to happen okay yeah and I, so yeah I think an entrepreneur needs that I think you need that. This must happen. This is my this is my lifeline. This is my blood. I'm gonna make this product, this business, this service. I'm gonna make it work. Yeah. And I didn't really have that. I just sort of wanted a company. Yeah. Kind of wanted to run things. Yeah. And so then I had an opportunity to sort of step away from that, and um, and that's that's what happened. Close up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And interesting. And how how long did that go on for? That was, that was about two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it was it was a great time. Uh, you know, the other thing that's tough about running your own business is the um, what is it the the nonstopness of it, <laughs> the like twenty four seven work that it takes. Always on, always on, right? Yeah. So. So everything and, and just sort of the, the pressure of having to do everything and just there's there's no break. Like there, there's always room to improve. And so that that's, again, where that you have to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you don't, you, you got to get out. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it takes... <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of people that they they see the lifestyle and they say, ah, I can do that or I want that, but they don't realize, yeah, with all the 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 benefits of being your own boss and and having that freedom, also comes the 24/7, always on, you know, always having to uh, put out fires, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. like it's uh, the stress and and everything on top of that. Um, people don't realize that that's all part of the same ball, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, uh, going in doing a little bit of that myself too. It's um, just sort of uh, interesting. The you see the different aspects, you know. It's not always like grass is always greener, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you just understand like, yeah, this is cool. I have the freedom, but there's the other end of it that. Mm-hmm. You, are you sure you want to get into this? You know, that's that's uh, that's the feeling. <laughs> Yeah. Well, really, and I think ultimately that's that's what freedom is. Yeah. Like freedom yeah. isn't just like free stuff. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> freedom is a burden, um, in in a real way. Like freedom, um, f- freedom is, um, freedom is responsibility. 
right? Yeah. And so you, you can't really have one without the other. And, and so it, it, it's, if, if you don't want that, then that's, that's fine too. You know, and, yeah. and that's, that's one of the things I, I enjoy about, you know, what I'm doing now is that um, I sort of have a, a position where I can, um, I can, or I have to make a number of decisions. Um, and so I, I'm enabled to a, a certain amount of freedom and, and that opportunity of choice, but also sort of the burden of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it interesting. You mentioned about, uh, freedom and responsibility. Um, so, uh, we, we, we briefly touched on it at the beginning. Um, you had this moniker of Japanarchist. Where did that come from? And, uh, how, how did you come about, um, creating this? Okay. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I don't think I've ever talked about this. Um, I, I don't think ever anybody ever asked me, uh, that yeah. question, which is yeah. kind of, I, I thought I would get more questions on it and it would be more controversial. Yeah. Um, in fact, it, uh, initially the, the name for the channel was going to be Japanarchy. Okay. Uh, the, the concept of, <laughs> of anarchy rather than ist, yeah. which is, would be the person, which would be me. Uh, over right. time, I think I like Japanarchist better, but, um, and I, I, I chose the name because, because uh, uh, I'm an anarchist who lives in Japan. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it seems pretty simple, right? But, uh, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> do you, would you mind getting into, into that? Like, how did you become an anarchist mm -hmm. and how, how is living life as an anarchist in, in a society like Japan, which is, mm -hmm. you know, very statist to say the least, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. how, how do you, how do you come to it? And then how do you balance that, you know, with, with your, with your way of thinking? Well, I, I think for, for me, how I got into it was, it was kind of, just by chance, um, and my, my, it's it's hard to say right now because I, I really haven't thought about it in the political sense recently at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's one of those things like um, I, I got very into when I sort of discovered it and enjoyed trying to have arguments with people or discussions and, mm -hmm. and you, you know when when you find a new political philosophy or idea you, you just you want to share it and convince right. people yeah. and all that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I've realized over the years, like I, I'm not a great convincer, and I'm not going to change the world in that way. I, you know, I, I can, I can have an impact over the people, uh, you know, in my immediate vicinity, but like I'm not going to. I don't know if anybody has that. Anyway, yeah. um, I, I think it started. I, I had a commute for work that was, I think, an hour and forty minutes uh, each way. And so I was just like consuming podcasts and it was when podcasting was a fairly new thing. And so, um, it's just the podcasts I found that were regularly updated and talking about political topics were more libertarian and, and yeah. leaning in that direction. Um, <clears throat> what would you mind showing what those are? Are they still around or, um, um, I, I think for me, and and I don't listen to them anymore. Um, I almost don't even want to say what they are because because what's happened, and and this is a like a terrible thing in 
some libertarian circles and uh, especially uh, anarchic and anarchic <laughs> anarchic circles yeah. is that um, th there's there's sort of a um, there's a, shift a to a different philosophy in a way. Well, there's there's been a shift in in a number of people, but there's there's also this this undertone of racism. Yeah, yeah, um, I've seen and, it too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, I think sometimes it's an unfair attack, and sometimes it's like, uh, it's just uncomfortable at at the very least. Yeah. And I, I I want no part of that. And so uh, there's there's been a a few people who who I used to um, like enjoy listening to. Mm -hmm. that um like just recently i don't know if they're actually racist but they say a lot of things that sound pretty racist yeah i and, mean and yeah. not just racist but bigoted or you know against whatever group or or whatever right and right. And, and as an which which is confusing for me for because i think sort of anarchists should aren't are not supposed to be grouping people at all, like, I, I think yeah. that goes against what what um, what that that libertarian mindset. Yeah, I mean, personally, I like you know, I kind of did you know went down the similar way, you know, listening to podcasts and and and, and everything. But I kind of I saw the shift as well, uh, starting mm -hmm. a few years ago, you know, and and I said, you know, I can't. I I tried to get out of. Um, being lumped into any groups. That's why I started getting into this philosophy because it, it was about freedom and individualism and, and things, you know, just living your own life and not interfering in other people's lives. And that's mm -hmm. always been the core of my belief. And so when I saw this kind of shift, I could see the sort of, not necessarily brainwashing, but a lot of it came a little bit cultish in some ways. And mm -hmm. uh, and I just like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting involved with that. I'm just going to stay true to what I am and just mm -hmm. be an individual. So I kind of like shed that label as well. And I'm just an individual, you know, like that. I'm just me. I, I, I don't, there's some people I still agree with and listen to. And then there's some like I've, I've just, you know, cut out just because like you, I just, mm -hmm. I can't handle that doesn't gel with me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I, I've kind of shed the, the, the label of all that as well. And me too, and and that's one reason why I'm I'm, I'm even tentative about about saying anarchist or, or whatever, because because I, I don't know if number one it's it's not consistently defined among in people's minds, um, you know if you say dentist everyone knows what you're talking about, right. uh, if you say anarchist, I, I think people think of Molotov cocktails and and things like that, and and. I'm also fine with that. I, I'm not fine with. <laughs> I'm fine with people thinking whatever they want to think. Right. Because you know, like I said, I'm not. I'm not actively um, putting these ideas out there. So. Right. Like, right. I, I'm fine with abandoning the label. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think just generally that. Um, just to sort of define what that philosophy is, so that I don't get lumped in with sort of the the destruction anarchist type which mm -hmm. i think most people think of when they think of that is just the the sort of non-aggression principle mm -hmm. and and just the idea that um just the very general idea that you shouldn't initiate um violence or aggression on people who haven't done anything 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, <clears throat> just you know, treat people how you want to be treated. Golden rule, in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, um, it, you know, it's just it seems very simple, but mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to have an issue with it. You know, just the only the only violence is to defend yourself or defend the people you love. You know, mm-hmm. in a way, but never. Never, you know, coerce or steal or, you know, aggressively attack mm-hmm. anyone and defend defend yourself when they try to do it to you. That's mm-hmm. it, you know. So uh, I just don't understand how people can't um, sort of wrap their head around that concept, you know. Well, I, th- I think it's tough for people. People have a lot of investment in politics. I think mm-hmm. that's that's one thing is you know you got to choose your team, especially you know these days where it's it's so divisive, um, uh, and so you know people like um, it, it is hard you know we talk about the racism thing um, you know there being um, or or whatever discrimination like laws against discrimination and, and things like that, um, <clears throat> you know uh, technically. Technically, by the non-aggression principle, if if you haven't aggressed against that type of person, then you're okay. Um, so the non-aggression principle would say it's you know it's okay to be racist or or something like that. Yeah. I'm just using like race as an example, but um, so so I think it's complicated. And so you know when someone says we don't want those types of people or that type of activity happening, and mm-hmm. And you say no, it's it's okay. I mean, that's not a great stance to have either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So, um, so I, I think it, it does get more complicated than that, and um, than than just simply having a, a principle. Um, that, that, that's why I think there's there's different aspects to consider with this, and there there is the political aspect, and and like what laws there should be or not be, and and all that. And for me, you know, like I said, I. I don't know if I have much control over that. And so I, I don't. I, I try to apply freedom and personal freedom and encouragement of that freedom in my personal life. Mm-hmm. You know, so so with my friends, family and and the staff I manage that I they and the, the people I work with and just everybody I interact with in my life, um, I I I allow them the freedom to to be who they are, right? Uh, yeah, and so, yeah, and so that, I think that's the only scope I have personally, and I, I don't know if I'm being clear on what that means, and I'm not sure it's totally clear in my head either. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I I, mean, I I get the gist of it, I understand, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's uh, it's it's it goes back to that sort of individualism, you know, like, um, you have your belief that, you know, um, you want freedom above all else, but that also means responsibility and you want to give others that same thing. Um, what I've come to realize though, is a lot of people are comfortable being told what to do. And there's not really, there, there's inherently nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's not a moral thing to, um, it's just a, it's a personal choice. Uh, what I find is um, where it becomes sort of sketchy is when they try to 
they think, uh, no, everyone should be told what to do. And I'm going to vote or make sure I promote a philosophy where everyone is controlled by this common um, idea, right? Like just trying to tell people what to do with their with their lives. That's where I think it kind of gets uh, sketchy, you know? Like, well, yeah, well, you're, you're free to believe it, but just don't make me do it, you know? So Well, that's where the disconnect or the inconsistency happens, in, in my opinion, yeah. is that... Like, okay, you you believe that people should be told what to do, so, but you're going to, people should be controlled, but you're going to control, like, like there's a, there's a disparity of power there, I, right. I think. Um, and, and I, I think on the, the, on the flip side, you know, if you, if you talk to, um, I don't know, fascists or, or socialists, they'll say, yeah. well, I, I think yeah. they'll say the exact same thing. You know, they're mm. saying, you know, that's why we need these, these rulers or laws or, or, or however you want to construct it is, is to, to balance out that power disparity. Okay. Um, I, I guess for me, I, I don't know, I don't know how to control a society I don't know what what's best for a society, how it's yeah. best for them to operate or or do, and um, so, and not only do I not know, I have no means of enacting that 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 opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. As a personal thing, like I, I I've always kind of been into politics in a way, and that for me now it's just more of entertainment. It's just an entertaining thing. It's like watching WWE or something. Like I just get entertained by seeing both sides fight. While I'm, I'm, but I, but I sympathize more with like um, just looking at it all from the outside and just seeing it as a, you know, as a show instead of anything that really matters in my life. You know, because mm -hmm. like you, I just try to live my life in as individually and personally uh, as I can, and. Um, for me, you know, in terms of following laws, you know, anything that's going to get me put in a cage, if it's a nonviolent thing, um, you know, I just look at the, like, I, I disagree with it, but, you know, I, I value my personal freedom that I have now. So if I do this certain thing in this, within this society, that's going to give me these consequences. So uh, I still make the personal choice you know, to follow laws, even if I disagree with them, just because of the consequences behind mm -hmm. it, right? Um, now, there are obviously moral things, but not all, not all laws are moral, but not everything that's legal is moral, but at the same time, not everything that's illegal is immoral either. So you just have to find your way within that society. But I looked at, um, at politics from the outside, and I, and I just think I, I could never get into that Pe people would always tell me like you have all these opinions you should run for office i say that's the last fucking thing i want to do is is <laughs> run for office i don't want to tell anyone what to do with their life or how to mm -hmm. how they should spend their money or anything you know mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm just fine entertainment in it and, and that's mm -hmm. that's where i stand you know well i i also sort of wonder like i think it's clearly entertainment now or, or on some level right uh, mm -hmm. we you just look at the states with um you know the the phenomenon that is Trump and reality show president. You know, yeah, 
and and not only that, just the there's and the the phenomenon that is the anti-Trump movement too, which is is yeah. is quite interesting as well. And just those two things happening at the same time, um, like you'd think one side would grow up, <laughs> you know, like. It's it, it's actually becoming more immature the longer it goes on. Like both sides are, you know, um, it's it, it seems ten years ago, or mm. even more than that, you know, like in the mid two thousands. Um, maybe because I was younger then, but you know, you had George Bush and the war in Iraq and and all that, and everything just seemed a little bit more on a higher level. Like people hated Bush and Cheney for for what they were doing, but they seemed separate and now it's i guess maybe because social media is involved too but everyone's involved and it just seems that the level of maturity and and the separateness of that's the government and that's us but now people are you know trump's down there with the people you know bernie sanders is down there with the people it's it's very populist and because of that uh, populism plus the internet has has given people just more of a uh, a say in it and it just the whole thing just feels immature I, I i don't know how if that makes any sense but um it it, it, it it's completely different viewpoint um of the world that i had than just you know 15 years ago you know well it's strange i i saw something even today or, or maybe last night i think it was about the state of the union and it was <laughs> like why'd you do that immature thing to some, I think it was Nancy Pelosi or something, but yeah. um, it could have been anyone on either side. And it was like, well, he did this thing, and it was just like, what that, about that, like, well, what about Hillary? What about Trump? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. and it, it, it was just some childish, immature act, and and nobody is, um, nobody's so rising above it. Um, and I, I think that's probably why everyone's enjoying it so much. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what's entertaining, you know. There's there's it, no adult in the room is what it feels like, you know. And it seems like the the Trump side people are enjoying things a lot more. Um, yeah. They they seem to be laughing uh, quite a bit, uh, and the the anti-Trump people seem to be um, quite angry. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 level of vitriol coming from the anti-Trump people is they they take it serious and they're pissed and they're angry and mm-hmm. and that doesn't come off well because i mean personally i i kind of tend to at least socially agree more with the anti-trump people in terms of f- personal freedoms but they're getting to the point where they want to they're so angry that they want to force that belief on other people when the the pro-trump people are just sitting back laughing like just seeing how it's like it's all a joke you know like you're so serious about this and because of that we're just gonna poke you a little bit more and laugh at you and it's just it's immature all around you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and and that's how he you know that's how he got into the office in the first place i i think was was just pure kind of like uh oh, this this is kind of funny mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's try this out yeah yeah so. and in a, in a sense i can I look back and, you know, from a from a anarchist point of view, Trump, everything about Trump is not does not fit with that that philosophy. But at the same time, he is kind of 
an anarchist in his own way that he's just coming in to fuck shit up, so mm-hmm. to speak, and to and to kind of break the system, which he kind of has. Like the political world is completely different now and will forever be different now because he's come in and changed that whole dynamic. You know, um, people viewed government differently when it was under Bush, Obama, Clinton than they do after Trump. Now mm-hmm. it's no holds barred. The the president can call people nicknames and and bull, say bullshit and call other country shitholes and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if if uh, he's cheated on his wife with a porn star like none of that all of that's out there now mm-hmm. and we there's no going back to being like oh the president is a dignified person that you should respect you know like well yeah that that whole veil has been removed um, and you know I used to I used to love watching West Wing and those those kind of shows that are like. The, the president has entered the room and there's this reverence of, of the title and, and the position and, and that's all gone. Yeah. Um, and, and it'll probably come back at some point, but I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm actually, I thought he would change things more. Like, like at the end of the day, he's, he's operating as a politician. Like he's doing all many of the things that politicians do. And, and so I, I thought, I thought initially that when he became president, he would actually, sort of change the system itself rather than just yeah. the the image yeah um and i don't know how much power he actually has but but i would say what i'm surprised that nobody's talking about is that it shouldn't matter like the the president should be a a very limited power position and so if he has crazy ideas and he's a buffoon, it, it shouldn't really matter all that much because he wouldn't be able to do much with that. Yeah. And I think what we've seen in, in the past probably, you know, 20 or 25 years is is an increase in the power of the presidency. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's a potentially dangerous thing. And, and that's what I'm surprised from the left. The anti-Trump people are, are not saying... Well, it's not surprising because of the way they think, but <laughs> um, that that they're not saying, "Hey, like, let's let's limit it what this this position can do, not just this person, but let's let's limit on let's put a limit on the power of the presidency so that this crazy guy can't do it." But they seem to be doubling down and yeah. saying that that no, this is. This is such an important position. We got to get him out and put in someone who's more powerful and, and something like that. Yeah, and and, yeah. and that's happening on both sides too. But it's, it's yeah. So it, it's it's interesting. Just um, I, I kind of it, it's interesting looking at it from Japan, mm-hmm. living in Japan because it really is on the outside. You're like outside of the bubble, so to speak. I can't imagine what it's like living in that every day. With the constant media coming into all the people talking about it, um, I visit. I mean, of course, I visit the states a lot, and I, you know, I went there twice last year. It's been a total of about three, three to four weeks, and maybe it was just because of the people I was with, but I really didn't feel like too many people were. It doesn't really affect everyone's day to day life, but from the outside, it almost seems like that's all everyone talks about over there, you mm-hmm. know. So, I think so. It's sort of that social media culture, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it's strange. How, how long have you been in Japan? Um, this year will be twelve years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, s- when when I came to Japan, 
um, it was it was quite different. It was much more difficult to live here and easier in some ways. But like w- when I moved in Japan, there was basically no internet. Like, th- there was an internet, but it didn't really function like it functions now. There, there was no YouTube. There was no Amazon. Um, it was a challenge to, there was no Netflix. There was like, when I came to Japan, I brought five VHS tapes with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched them over and over and over. And then uh, I discovered the the rental shop and I'd rent VHS, VHS mm-hmm. tapes. Um, and so like the, the challenge of living here was, was quite different. I wasn't exposed to American politics or, or American um, entertainment. Whereas is now it's like, I might as well live in America. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I used to not be able to get peanut butter or deodorant. Now, you know, just get online and, and Amazon. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. it's, it's so I mean, easy. It's, it's changed so much in, in 20 years. I, I mean, I remember, you know, I moved here 12 years ago and even then it was much more limited than it is now, you know, mm-hmm. um, Cell phones were still, as they call Gatake, you know, those really old flip phones. And even mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, wow, these these are actually cooler <clears throat> phones than what we have back in the states because you can send emails and you know. But then, shortly after that is when iPhone came out and it just steamrolled from there. Mm-hmm. But but no, I, I I remember just getting internet even set up in my old my first apartment was a month-long ordeal you know mm-hmm. it was like you had to set up appointments and it took weeks to get it turned on and mm-hmm. i remember having to find what spotty wi-fi they actually did have in my city to to mm-hmm. connect so I, I almost felt like i was disconnected from the world for a good month or two just because the internet situation here was was absolutely nothing you know my my first internet connection took three months yeah they're like, we'll be there in April. I was like, what are you talking? Yeah. Uh, insane. They had to like dig up the ground and put a cable. It, it was uh, insane. And and the 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 connection now, it, it's it's incredible how how I can have all those comforts. So so living in Japan like as a foreigner is is it's much easier to stay in our bubble now as well. Um, and, and just eat the same food we used to eat, uh, to a limited extent, but, um, get all the same products, consume the same entertainment, um, with, with movies, video games, TV shows, whatever, whatever entertainment you, you consume, it's, um, it's much, it's a different world now. I I don't know if I, I would still be here, um, if if it was still the way it was, yeah, yeah, um, it, it it's definitely a different world. Just since I've been here as well. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, when you came, there was there was no no YouTube, right? But YouTube came about in two thousand five, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, so you actually had or still have, but you you have a YouTube channel, but yes, it hasn't been updated uh, recently, right? But right, that's uh, actually how I found found you was through that and Mm -hmm. you know i found some some of them the videos very entertaining so Mm -hmm. what what uh, was your motivation to start that and uh and and the types of videos that you did 
because they're very different than the normal living in Japan videos. So the the I'm trying to I don't I don't know why because I I'm not a I don't like being the in the spotlight at all. Yep. But I, there were things I wanted to do, and I, I I wanted a creative outlet. Actually, now I'm remembering <laughs> um, my my dream. Um, one of my my dreams back in the day was was to do sort of voiceover work. Okay. And and so I was trying to be creative in that way, and I thought YouTube would be uh, an avenue that I could sort of practice that sort of thing and and still. Um, at least be in a genre that was close to that. Right. And my my initial videos were just sort of me being goofy, talking about things. Um, uh, I think my first real video was like comparing grape and orange Fanta. Yeah. And which one's better and <laughs> something like that. Um, <clears throat> then I think the... Um, as that evolved, I, I started to uh, get more into videos that were, I guess you could call them animation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if if you want to insult an, a real animator, uh, <laughs> but little doodles and, and pictures and um, and so I, I think I much prefer those um, yeah. because it it's not me on camera. I kind of like to just stay in the background and, and not be on camera so much. Um, the, the problem is it's so much more work. Right, right. There's a lot more editing and, and, and animating, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they a lot of them have, you know, racked up quite a few views. You know, um, they're, they're quite popular videos. Um, mm-hmm. It was because of how much work you had to put in is, is why they've kind of stopped? Or did you just lose the passion for it mm-hmm. or, or the, there's a couple factors. Uh, one is yeah. is when I started my previous job. That kind of killed it. The the job okay. I had before that, and this is what two jobs ago, um, I had I I basically I was at work for eight hours a day or whatever. Um, worked about two of those, mm-hmm. and so it was just me basically writing all day. And so I, I was able to write uh, write scripts and content, and and I was just able to brainstorm and 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 uh, just kind of think about videos all day. So, right. and I didn't realize how much time I was actually spending on writing those those uh, those videos. So then I got like a real job, where they expected me to like think all day and use my brain and actually do things. Um, and and I just wasn't able to to put the time into it. Gotcha. Uh, and so I put out a few videos after that, and it just it's it's really hard. And mm-hmm. then um, as far as like picking it back up, now it's been so long. It's it's like okay, the the one like, and I I've been thinking about coming back and and making more videos. Um, but. It's it's like that first video has to be worthwhile, right? Yeah, right. like like I have like fifteen ideas of things I want to make, but none of them are that like I'm back video. And mm. at this point, I don't know if anyone really cares. <laughs> to be honest. Well, I mean, you just have to do, especially with YouTube now, you, you mm-hmm. have to make it because you want to make it because um, p- 
people who are popular mm-hmm. on YouTube are 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 popular, but even then, the way it's monetized and stuff, you can't really unless you're extremely popular, you're not really going to make a lot of money or get anything from it. So mm-hmm. um, it's actually kind of come full circle in a way because it started mm-hmm. out people just making videos just because they want to make them without any goal in mind. And then the trend became make it to be popular, to be mm-hmm. a famous YouTuber, right? And now the algorithms are so messed up. Like it's so hard to become a popular YouTuber. You might as well just make stuff because you want to, just because mm-hmm. you like making it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of cool how it's kind of come around full circle in a way. Yeah, and that's how it was for me the whole time. Like, I, I'd spend, I'd spend a lot of time on the videos, and if you watch them, it, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> um, uh, they actually take a lot of time, and and I'd love just you know hitting that upload button, mm-hmm. and then just and then just waiting, and you know some of them did very well, and some of them did less than very well um but but either way i just loved the 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 sort of anticipation and the excitement of 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 working on a project having it finished and putting it out there right and and then just you know watching the reaction or you know the whatever small reaction there was um that that was really exciting for me and, and I do yep. miss miss that part of the creative process. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So at this at the same time, you're you're saying, oh, if I come back, I want to. It has to be just right. But that also, I've found with anything, that sort of thinking holds you back in a way. You know, yeah. like, well, well, I I can't do it quite yet because I want it to be just how I want it. And oftentimes it, that that's what holds you back from ever getting it out. You know, it's it's never gonna it's never gonna be perfect, or mm-hmm. or even very good. To, to you know, if you look at um, I don't know, you look at Star Wars. You know, George Lucas is still trying to tweak those. <laughs> you know, like yeah. thirty years later, he's like, what if we added more characters in here? Like, it's done, man. Let it go. Um, yeah. And. Um, I discovered something a number of years ago that was like the the sort of folly of the perfectionist is like it's it's number one it's never gonna get there yeah. there's there is no perfect mm-hmm. and then also like like doing something half-assed is there, there's something to be said for putting out something that's proper and good and like really as, as close to perfect as it can be. But there's also s- something to be said for just getting the job done, mm-hmm. right? And just getting it, getting it out. Yeah. And, and that's, that's YouTube, man, <laughs> like, <laughs> to a large extent. It's like, yeah. it, and, and so that's, I, I think um, if I do come back, it's going to have to be like that in a big way. Just like, you know, just, just do it. I mean, yeah. who cares? Because yeah. you, you'll still get the, uh, the that reward of having completed. Right, exactly. And that that's what's held me back so much, too. Um, I used to, my, my channel used to be completely different um, years ago and actually had some videos that became not popular, but they, they had a lot of views. And, um, and then I just sort of lost the motivation to do any of it. And mm-hmm. I, I just deleted everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there there's some videos I regret deleting uh, because I still do I still go hiking a lot and I still record my hikes and I actually had some really nice hiking videos mm. that I got rid of and so um, they're lost but I can always just go back and do it because they're still here the the mm. mountains are still there but um, I had you know some tutorials on studying Japanese or um, mm. you know different things like that 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 got quite a few hits but that's not who I am anymore. Like, uh, I, I could never, I was, I think what I was trying to do, I was trying to be something that I really wasn't mm-hmm. just to try and get views. I'm like, that's not where my heart is in it. So I just said, <clears throat> fuck it. And then, you know, got rid of it. But now I actually have a, um, a goal, not really a goal, but I have a, a reason to be putting out the content that I want. And even though it's not as popular as it used to be for me, it's just the joy of doing things like this, doing the hikes, just whatever I want to record and just put it out there, you know. And mm-hmm. if people find entertainment in it, awesome. If not, then at least I know that I've got that part of me out and not have to worry how perfect it is, you know. So is that what it is for you? Just Is that the reason just to get that that whatever out? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of different things to you know i i paint i draw i you know there's a lot of different avenues i take to to get whatever that is out and doing these sorts of conversations i i genuinely enjoy just talking to different people um on these conversations and um i talk to people who i find interesting Mm -hmm. and then i put it out there and then when if other people also find it interesting i'm like awesome that's 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 cool you know at least i've shared that with the world you know Mm -hmm. so i find for me it's easier to do this than to just point the camera at myself because i always felt awkward and just like i don't know what to say you know Mm -hmm. but if i have someone to to talk with and discuss things it's much much better and it's much more it's much more entertaining and it actually has value i think in that at least from my perspective and I don't know if I think maybe in the past it that would be sustainable or or could be somewhat popular on YouTube, mm-hmm. but um, now there, there's so much content out there that if you're not if you're not at least genuine with yourself, mm-hmm. um, it, I think it's clear and it, it you're not going to get any sort of audience. Right. Like, like you, I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of people doing what they shouldn't be doing. You yeah, know, it's like that's not you. You like why are you making that type of video or 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 that sort of content? Like mm-hmm. it it doesn't suit you, and and you're not going to be able to to keep that up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's just been my kind of the road I've been going down in general, not just with YouTube. So, I mean, this podcast is just part of what I put out on YouTube. Um, my main audience is actually on the on podcast apps and downloads for that uh, mm-hmm. but i just want to have it go out on as many avenues as i can just to reach a larger audience right mm-hmm. but uh just in everything in my life though i just want to just be more real and authentic and true to what i am and not try to pretend to be anything that i'm not and when i was started youtube it was it I, it still sort of felt like i was just showing what i thought other people wanted to see and not what was really there, you know? That's really hard to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, it sounds like, ah, oh, just be yourself. And you're like, oh, geez. 
who am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like that Alan Watts quote, like, who are you? Who are you really? You know, like, mm. it's just, uh, you know, you sit and think like, well, I don't know. You know, a lot of people go through life just faking around everyone wearing a mask. And mm-hmm. um, I used to do it and I was just miserable. I, 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 I couldn't, I mean, I would go home and, and just feel like, why, like, I, why can't I just be myself? And once I just started that, all the stress went away and actually I became a happier person and I, you know, was able to make more friends and it just, once you just don't care and just be yourself, at least from my perspective, it, everything else just becomes much easier instead of having to pretend all the time. Yeah. And it's, um, it, it's not lying per se, right? It's, it's right. just this, this sort of internal dishonesty Mm-hmm. That or inconsistency, maybe that yeah. that I, I think it, it's really um, I think when people really understand themselves or are really genuine, it, it shows very clearly. Um, and I, I think we know those people who we're fans of or or in our personal lives mm-hmm. that that are just genuine people. Um, yeah. And it's not it's it's not that the other people are liars. But it's it's just oh this this person gets it um, yeah it, it's tough to do it's tough to be that kind of person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because I think people are just afraid of others' opinions if if they have a differing opinion about something they'll they'll worry about how that affects them socially or or you know in that regard and um, I, I I get it I understand that that way of thinking but. Um, I mean, now it's just for me, my life's happier. I say, this is what I believe. And if you don't agree with it, that's cool. You're, you're, you're free to disagree, but I'm not going to change who I am, you know? And Mm -hmm. that just, that just makes life smoother and happier for me. Because Mm -hmm. you're right. It's like an internal incongruity or inconsistency Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also tough to, you know, because you also have to change, you know, like you have to be open minded and and, exactly. and and be willing to change your opinions or, or change the the way you act in order to, you know, to to evolve and, and improve. Right. Uh, so it, I, I, it is that that balance of, OK, how, like, do I. How much do I change, and what is me, and and all those those internal yeah. questions that uh, that can be um, that can be difficult for people to answer. But I think generally, once you find one, once it clicks for for you, and I found that in different aspects of my life, um, once something like that clicks, then then I don't have to think about it. It's just okay, right? I'm, I'm clear. I'm I'm in this sort of flow state and, and just thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You mentioned uh, before that you practice jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how did you get into that, and um, like, how is how how is that fi- finding a legit uh, Brazilian jujitsu gym in in <laughs> Japan, and uh, you know, mm. in that whole world within mm. Japanese society? Well, actually, just before we go on, uh, your video looks like it's frozen on my end. Really. Yeah, um, uh, uh, but it's it's fine on this end, so uh, okay. we, can, we can just keep going. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so um, I uh, 
let's see, at the time, this is probably about three years ago when I started. Um, and I, I have done, um, I guess back in high school and college, I did uh, various types of martial arts and um, karate or karate or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, I did those for like on and off for, for a few years. Um, and I guess before I was doing uh, jujitsu, I was, I was doing a lot of, um, I was working out a lot, you know, and, and doing a lot of running and, and doing a lot of body weight training and, and I was, I was pretty fit and it was getting kind of boring because it was all it, just for no reason. <laughs> it was just like, I'm feeling really healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling strong and I have a lot of stamina and, I'm not using it in any way. Right. Um, so I wanted to kind of use it. And I had, I've always been interested in uh, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, but uh, I didn't think, I didn't know at the time, I didn't think it was possible in Japan. Like, it's, yeah. like I'm sure Japan has Jiu-Jitsu, but not Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu which is a totally different thing. Um, and so I, I just assumed it, it wouldn't be happening here. Uh, so I, I started to look into local judo places and I kind of wanted to do judo, but it, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, and then just in looking for a school, I found a, a very local, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. And it turns out that like actual Japanese jiu-jitsu, I don't, I haven't seen a school anywhere. I don't know, even know if it exists. Right. <laughs> I think yeah. everything's BJJ. So, um, uh, the school I found is, is, is amazing. Um, it's, it's really fun. Uh, and it's, it's sort of a local place. Um, in fact, it's just, it's run out of a community center, so it's not even Mm -hmm. its own proper dojo. Uh, but uh, it and it's become bigger and bigger over the past couple years, um, and the uh, the instructor is great. The the people are great. Um, what what I love about it is that um, I, I don't know what my priority of doing it is, but there's so many benefits. Um, like whether whether it's um, the health benefit of mm-hmm. of um, you know the 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 workout is very intense. Uh, lots of sweat and 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 it's super fun, and mm-hmm. it, it's also just great uh, camaraderie with with the other guys that are there, and I've made some great friends uh, doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's the sort of self defense aspect. Um, right. I I do I do get black eyes from time to time, <laughs> quite a few injuries. Um, I I don't I don't know why. I don't, I think I tend to get, um, I don't know, people at work are concerned. Um, <laughs> right. You come in all bruised up and yeah. Um, <coughs> I, I don't know if having a black guy makes you look tough or weak, <laughs> but, um, uh, it's, it's just incidental. No one's actively trying to punch me. I, I hope. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, have you ever gotten seriously injured, uh, through training though? Because there, there is, you know, some legit injuries you can get from Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, I, I think generally it's it's probably about as safe as like a basketball club. Okay. 
Um, th- that, that would be my impression. Like, like I'm sure if I played as much basketball or, or whatever, uh, as much as I did jujitsu, then I would have like a lot of ankle and knee injuries and like, and, and, you know, occasional elbow to the face or, or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, that, that mm-hmm. any contact sport would, would have that and those injuries. So I, I haven't seen the statistics, but that's my impression. I mean, we try to roll uh, pretty safely. Okay. And so the, the injuries I have have been sort of incidental. Now, when someone's trying to, you know, choke you unconscious, the, the yeah. incidental injuries uh, can't happen. Um, I had a pretty big back injury uh, quite recently um, that's starting to heal up pretty well. I've had some, um, like a lot of joint injuries, um, a lot of finger and uh, my toes are hurting. (laughs) Toes, your toes are hurting, yeah. Yeah, I I keep stubbing a toe and and things like Mm -hmm. that. But um, nothing for me has been too serious, and I... I've seen a couple um, big shoulder injuries uh, just in my immediate circle. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen anything or been injured too much. I think my, my back's kind of messed up anyway from, from other things. Right. Uh, so uh, I, th- I think it's that. And, and, you know, like I said, I don't know if it's – it might be, but uh, I don't know if it's more dangerous than any other contact sport. Okay. Okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people have, you know, it's um, especially in Japan, but in general, even though Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is becoming more popular, it's still sort of, um, I wouldn't say fringe, but it's it's still not a really well known to the mainstream like mm-hmm. what it's all about, right? So, mm-hmm. um, just people within the martial arts world or MMA world or whatever tend to know more about it. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, so it's uh, there, there's a lot of misconceptions as well. So. It's, it's good it, clearing, clearing that up about the safety in, in regards of that too. Yeah, and just to, like I guess clarify what it is because I think of people, a lot of people don't know. Like when, whenever mm-hmm. I've I've mentioned it, um, they're like, "Oh, that's that's like karate or whatever." Um, but it, it's basically, I don't know. I, I describe it as wrestling. It's basically mm-hmm. wrestling. There's there's no punching or kicking, and uh, it it's wrestling with uh, joint locks and chokes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, have, you said you've been doing it for about three years, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, what what belts have you achieved, um, <laughs> or are you you just going at at the pace that you want to go at? Well, I, I think I think yeah. everybody goes at at the pace they go at. Like there's, yeah. and I I think uh, jujitsu tends to not have a a strong. I don't know how to say this. Like a strong emphasis on belts yeah, okay. um, but I, I think jiu-jitsu has a very clear delineation of the belts like yeah. like if you see somebody or you you know you you roll with somebody who's who's a certain belt it's it's pretty easy to tell where they are right like right. like if i if i roll with a guy who's my size i know if he's a white belt or a blue belt or like a purple belt right um um, and I think at my level, like the difference from black and brown is a little hard to tell because yeah. <laughs> they're they're up here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have a blue belt. I think I might be getting close to purple, but that's not for me to decide. Um, right. But. Um, and for 
not to, to sorry to interrupt, but um, it's interesting you make that um, distinction about how you know people aren't really belt focused, but mm-hmm. they just they just they still earn them, right? But um, not to disparage other martial arts, but like something like karate, you mm-hmm. the goal is just to get to the top. And uh, you know I've met met many black karate black belts that I go. They just get to it by just doing. Uh, was it the? Uh, is it katas or or, uh, or something? They just they they just pass a certain test. Mm-hmm. But with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's like you actually have to physically pass, you know, certain steps, or you know, to to you have to. It's kind of more. It seems like you have to fight for getting what you what you want. You know. Yeah, and I, I think it can be hard to define what those belts are. But um, I, I've seen other martial arts where, um, you know. Uh, and, and maybe it's not just martial arts, like not just karate, but like there's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, 15 different types of karate. And so, yeah. and, and it all depends on the school and what, whatnot. But, um, I think typically a, a, a black belt in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu takes 10 plus years to get, right. um, a, a, a and so there's not a lot of emphasis on belts, I think, but they also, I think, mean something. Um, I think having a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, is the equivalent of being a, a doctor in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, that's, right. that's the level. That, that's, like, expert level. Um, I tend to equate the belts to, uh, to, like, degrees in, say, physics, Okay. Whereas like a, a blue belt would be a associate's degree and then you get a pearl belt, you have, you have your bachelor's, then, you know, you get your brown belt, that's your master's. And then the black belt is your doctorate right. um, in like a difficult subject like physics. So whereas if, if you say, if you have a, a bachelor's degree in physics, you can, you can, you know, uh, really beat anybody any regular person in physics. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, but it's, yeah, it's I mean, not, so, it's, someone who has even a, a, a blue belt is much more adept and, and, and knowledgeable and, and everything than just a, a noob that just comes into it. You know I mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. night and day, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's, it's the same between the blue and, and a black, you know, it's like, it, there's, there's no, no contest. Right. So no contest. It's just, yeah, it's just the, the you the level of knowledge the black belt has, like they can almost predict what anyone under them is going to do next. You know, it's kind of like a chess game almost too in your mind. You know, it it's it's insane the the level of black belts I, I've met um, and and rolled with with a handful and like it it's ridiculous their skill level like yeah. the the and and the the amount of effort they're putting out, you know, doing my darndest, and <laughs> and they're they're just like you know moving a pinky, and yeah. uh, it's incredible. It, and it does it takes <coughs> it takes uh, extensive training to get to that level. Right now, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is really um, it, like the lineage matters right about how who who you train with it, um mm-hmm. so if so if people are looking to find that here or or anywhere um mm-hmm. how would you suggest they they 
go about finding a legit place and how, how can they find out if it's if it's legit that's that's a tough question um like i i can only speak for nagoya myself okay. uh, or maybe more generally but i don't know um i i i think generally the the community of brazilian jiu-jitsu is very um i think it's generally intertwined so mm-hmm. one you're not going to have an isolated dojo with another and another isolated dojo like guys from both places are going to know each other and be interacting right. So right. if if you're phony, you're gonna get called out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I think in in this area, any popular place is gonna be pretty good. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then I, I think a lot of it though is is making sure the culture of of the place matches your culture or mm-hmm. or your personal preference rather. Right. So um, if, if you're uh, if you're a diehard competitor and you want to become a professional MMA fighter, you, you want to go to a place that that sort of supports that attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if, if you just want a good workout and, and make some friends and, you know, learn some uh, self-defense, then then there are those places as well. And then there's, you know, most of the places I've seen and that I've been to because uh one of the things that that we do a lot uh, at, at our school is, is we visit other schools, and I think that's what's pretty yeah. cool that I didn't experience when I was in karate or taekwondo or anything. Everything was very segmented, um, and and I don't know, maybe it's changed now, but I know like a lot of the the jujitsu schools like yeah come on by we'll you know we'll we'll do training we'll we'll mix it up a bit, and so they're not um, so protective of their their trade secrets or anything like that yeah yeah well well cool cool that's uh it's an it's fascinating world um that you can get into with that you know uh i i think i found one uh bjj gym here in utsunomiya where i live and mm-hmm. um I, I found it on the internet i just you know typed in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Utsunomiya, you know, in Japanese, and yeah. it came up. And then I, I searched for it on the map, and I, I looked at, at their website, and it, it seemed really good and legit and everything. Drove by the place where it's supposed to be on the map, and it was just a neighborhood with houses. And I go, hmm, I don't think this is it. And so uh, um, I haven't been able to find it. You know, I tried, I tried, and it's just almost seems like it's ethereal. You know, so maybe it's mislabeled or, or something, but. Uh, um, it's definitely um, something I, I'm still looking for, you know. Well, I'd say, I mean, if there's a phone number or an email address, I'd say give them a call. Because, um, yeah. I mean, one thing to keep in mind is that, that pro, like, a lot of these guys are, are probably really uh, potentially very just like regular guys who mm-hmm. have done years of jujitsu and um, are like training people. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're not business savvy. They're not like marketing experts. They're not technical, right. yeah. technically minded at all. So, yeah. so, I mean, maybe they put the wrong address in or something. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that being said, you know, of course, be careful. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I think for most people, it's very intimidating going in that, that first day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, are you the only 
<clears throat> non-Japanese at the school or um, – because that, that has to be, yeah, that has to be another level of intimidating. I mean, your Japanese level is obviously high enough to where you can uh, communicate. But mm-hmm. if someone, there's already the intimidation factor if you speak the language. But if there's a little bit of language barrier there, that could even be more uh, intimidating for for a lot of people. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like I remember when I first called because I, I was kind of nervous about going, um, <laughs> and like I. I had like wrote out the script of what I would say on the phone to uh-huh. to like introduce myself and everything. And, yeah. um, but in and I think most places uh, and jujitsu not being an exception, like people have been generally welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's treated me too overtly uh, different. Um, and I, I think in something especially like jujitsu, where it is sort of a it's a it's a sort of meritocracy you know like if like if you put in the work if you're good we'll say you're good yeah, um yeah. uh in general uh and i know not every place is like this but i, I think generally it, it that's been my experience with it and and also everybody's been there everybody's been a white belt or a beginner so everybody has a sort of respect and understanding of what it takes to walk into that room and mm-hmm. and be terrible yeah and and uncomfortable so um i I think what i've seen is is like like uh all the dojos i've been to have been very uh open to to new people joining and being um you know helpful and welcoming and and soft (laughs) on the new guys that's cool it it seems like it's a good uh, community once once you're in it's uh, you know it's very respectful and Mm-hmm. Um, you get a good group of friends going there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'd also cool. recommend um, for for anybody like slightly in, interested is to you know go see a tournament. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's tournaments all the time uh, happening you know all over Japan, and they're they're not really um, they're not designed for spectators. Uh, spectators, yeah. um, you know, they're they're designed mostly for competitors. So, um, but. I, they're kind of fun to watch and you can, they're free. And so you can just kind of stop by and watch and, and check it out yeah. and leave anytime you want. Um, but uh, I think that that might be a way too to sort of identify some schools that might be in your area. And, and even maybe if, if you see on the roster list, um, maybe that school that you were checking out, you could probably meet somebody from there if, right. if they were participating in that tournament as well. Right. Right. <clears throat> well, cool. And that, that's, that's good advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sonny, uh, uh, yes. we're going to wrap it up, bud. Um, before we go, um, what is one thing you would like to say to the people out there that are that are watching or listening? <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Um, Put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally on the spot. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. Just, uh, I don't know. I <laughs> I'm going to say something stupid like, you know, live life, be happy. But, um, um, yeah, live life, be happy. If you can, I, I think everyone's trying to do that anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, nothing, nothing in particular. Okay, cool. Um, so where can people uh, find you online if uh, and if you want to promote anything, um, let us know. Yeah, I would love to. I wish I had something to promote. I, I really okay. do. Um I have been actively considering 
uh, adding more videos uh, to Japanarchist. So um, mm. I, I think if if people want to subscribe to that channel, they'd, they'd be uh, notified okay. <laughs> of, of yep. a new video that come out. Um, I do have Twitter on all those accounts and, and Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much the only Japanarchist um, online. So... Yeah. Uh, Whatever your your medium, I could be fined at at that. Whether it's uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or YouTube, or whatever. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll have the links anyway in in the in the shows uh, show notes. Uh, but pretty easy to find you just by going to Google as well. You know, because yeah. the the name. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, all right, Sonny. Well, uh, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, thanks for being on. Thank you very much. It's been a it's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot.